0: Uh, number 89 welcome intro way through a little hiccup there hello fahin how are you doing it's um i want to play along or i don't want to play along i know some february the 4th 2021 oh my goodness thank you for the catch there <laughs> that's awesome let's try it again february the 4th 2021 not 2011 my goodness that was a flashback to the past on the bin Checking In Podcast, we like to... Uh, hey, Adam, how are you? This is not a new job. Um, this is my podcast that I've been featuring for the last few months, every morning, every weekday morning, I should say, where we focus on three key things uh, in the uh, endeavor to grow, to be better versions of ourselves through asking self-reflection questions. And as we ask uh, those self-reflection questions, I consider the question itself, I answer it. I encourage you guys to participate along the way to see how you guys are also evolving over time so that's the basic premise of why we spend this half hour together there are three key pillars um that we'd like to focus on on the and podcast which my regular listeners are familiar with that's one awareness two kindness and three happiness These three things are super important for me personally in the way that I see myself growing and evolving over time. So along those lines, I like to be able to bring some focus to them in my own personal life. And as I do that with a disciplined um, focus every day, it is one of those things that helps me do a almost like a self-checkup every day um, as I engage my world, as I engage life as it's coming at me. And I think this is really helpful and important because in the absence of doing so, we sort of end up at destinations that weren't what we ha- had wanted or wished. So glad to have you guys joining in this morning for the 89th episode, regardless of technology and how it's, <laughs> and how it is trying to sort itself out. The substance remains the same. Today's question we are focusing on goes as follows. What's the most spontaneous Thing you've ever done? What's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done? And how did it make you feel? I like both parts of this question here, and I'll tell you why in just a couple of moments. But I was just thinking about how I'm getting down to the bottom of my list of 100 questions. I think this was a, a list of 100 questions in total. I'm coming down towards the end of it, so 89. we got about 10 more days in this current list of questions that I've been going through the last few few months. And as I've been going through these questions and answering them for myself, there have been questions that I've relished. There have been questions that I enthusiastically answer and I can't wait to share some of my insights or thoughts or experiences on them and then there were questions that I was saying I'm going to just put this one here for later and later and I procrastinate on those questions because those ones are like oh I don't know what I'm going to say about this question here I don't know what I think about it I'm not sure what my response would be I haven't really thought about this one here from this angle and so these are the questions now that I'm getting to that make me feel tremendously uncomfortable <laughs> tremendously uncomfortable. In the sense that I'm like, oh, I have no idea what's to be able to reflect on in this question. But nonetheless, I have made a commitment personally that I'm going to walk through all of these um, questions. I'm going to seriously consider all of them. I'm going to try and appropriate them for myself. One of the things I found in the outcome of this discipline of going through the questions, even if I didn't resonate with them or like them per se, is that as I go into these questions, I find there is some benefit that I derive personally where I'm like, oh, even though I didn't like the theme or the uh, the place that that question was uh, directing me in the outcome, it was something really helpful for me. It was helpful by way of insight, growing an awareness of myself, learning to be kind to myself perhaps as well. Um, so this is that season where I am in the midst of those questions. And so, yeah, hope you guys are doing well this week. Thursday today. Oh goodness, this week continues to progress very quickly. So it's Thursday today. I hope you are uh, doing well this Thursday morning or afternoon, wherever you're listening in, whatever time frame it is, as you're tuning into this broadcast. I hope things are well for you. And if they're not, just a reminder that this is kind of what life is like, right? Hello, Ollie. This is what life is like in a sense that um, we are... Hmm, how can I say this? (sighs) It is a guaranteed that we are going to experience challenges along the way. It's a guarantee in life that we are like things are not going to go according to our schedule. And in the midst of those challenges, the question is, how do we sort of roll with it? How do we um, navigate and move forward in a way that uh, reflects that element of um, acknowledgement that it doesn't happen on our schedule, and in the midst of it not happening on our schedule, how can we acknowledge the things that we are able to still direct and control in our lives while making space for the things that are beyond our control and saying, okay, here's, here it is, right? So yes, glad to have you guys uh, joining in this morning and being a part of this. Again, the question we're answering today is what's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done? How did it make you feel? This is one of those questions I save for the end because I was like, oh, I have no idea what to talk about this because I sometimes my memory is terrible. I remember like really impacting moments in my in my past, but sometimes the details sort of get glazed over, and so I have to think really hard about this question. And even now, I think I have an idea of what. It might be, but I'm not sure if that's the most spontaneous thing I've done. Actually, I'd say it's probably the initiating factor and the most, most spontaneous thing I've done. So that might be a start. That might be a starting point. I have two things I can share with you. So let's look at the question first and consider the merits of this question. What's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done? This is, of course, a question that's taking us into our past by way of remembering, remembering, still remembering an incident, remembering a scenario. And as we do this, um, I think one of the helpful things about why I appreciate going into my past and uh, perusing my memories is it gives me an awareness of how I'm changing over time, which is a good thing. As I look into my past, as I reflect my past, I say, okay, here's what went on back there, and I'm seeing that past moment from the present moment, and what happens in my periphery is a comparison or a contrast that I have access to now, saying, here's where I'm at, reflecting on what happened in the past over here, and as I reflect on this past moment here, what is the difference here between me then and me now? And do I like that difference? Do I like the way in which it has gone over time? That's a really helpful thing, I think, right? And so I really value that component of contrast or comparison that enables me to say, here's what once happened back here. Here's where I'm at right now. And here's how I'm continuing to move forward as I move into my future. That's the awareness piece that acknowledges what happened. And um, it's kind of cool. Sometimes past memories are fun and great. Sometimes they're kind of painful and still uh, are closed in emotions that we, we may find challenging and so um, it's always an adventure it seems to me when we have the opportunity to go into our past and reflect and say ah there's what happened there i see you past, and here's how i'm processing that evolution so as I look into my past, what's the most spontaneous thing I've ever done? That's the part that gets me. Is like, okay, this is the most spontaneous thing ever. Not just any moment that you can remember, but the most impacting ones. And so that's why I've been struggling with this question is thinking, were those the most impacting? They're pretty significant in the fact that I can still remember them. So I'm going to say... Yes, they still count. The most spontaneous thing. I like how these questions take us to the to the threshold of, here's the most spontaneous. Not just, what is a spontaneous thing? But it's like, what's the most spontaneous thing? I do this in my personal life con- continually, where I... Uh, bring extreme comparisons when I'm trying to figure something out. So for example, if I'm faced with an option, what I'll usually do with that option is I'll, I'll think on either side, what's the worst thing that could happen here? And what's the best thing that can happen? Because within that spectrum there, I can say somewhere in the in the middle here is what my experience is going to be. And that's an okay thing for me. Um, I like especially giving more time on the what's the worst case scenario as I consider the spectrum, because when I think of the worst case scenario, um, I'm preparing myself the best that I can to respond to and engage whatever scenario or circumstance that that, that I'm in. Because if I just consider the best case scenario, that's the easy part. But what most of us struggle with, I found in my experience, is that we never really calibrate for the worst case scenario. Does that make sense? So if I can prepare for the worst case scenario, I can prepare for everything now because it's all covered, right? And so that's, that's how it makes sense to me. Um, here in Canada, we have, uh, we have actually six. We have six, um, six different levels for our driver's license. The sixth one is kind of like, it's on the periphery. It's like for your motor, motorcycle license. So that's still important. But everyone usually has the, the class five. Uh, once they become, um, once they pass the driving test, they're on the class five. And then four for those who are driving Uber, taxi, little limousines. Three for those who are driving like dump trucks. Um, Two for those who are driving buses. And then number one for those who are – actually three is also for emergency vehicles. Two for buses. And then class one is for those who are driving the big semis and and rigs. Uh, Mimo, we're talking about what's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done. How did it make you feel? And so, um, the way it works now is, if you have your class five, you can only drive class five. If you have your class four, you can drive both class four vehicles and class five. If you have your, if you have your class three, you can drive anything below that, right? If you have your class two, which is what I have, you can drive anything underneath that. So I can drive emergency vehicles, dump trucks, I can drive, um, limousines, um, taxis, and of course, any regular vehicle. Class one is, the one that most usually have when they're driving the big semis or the big trailers. And so those guys are qualified to drive any of these ones here. And I mentioned that analogy just as a way of saying when I plan for the worst case scenario, I can cover everything from the worst case to the best case scenario in any circumstance. And that's why I prepare for the worst case scenario. I try to go for the one that gives me the most um, adaptability in covering all of the bases. If I only planned to... Uh, if i only planned uh, for the best case scenario i'm very limited in what happens and usually life happens right this is for example what happened to me uh in my uh when i was a teenager graduating high school me and my peers we said hey this is amazing we're going to go into the world we're going to have amazing experiences in the world and um uh, I I'll, I'll answer that in just one second. I was about to go into the world with all these amazing uh, expectations. I was going to get the dream job that I had. I was going to, um, you know, I was going to establish something for myself. Most of us have found, however, that as we went into the real world, We'd only plan for the best case scenario, but in reality, life throws a whole bunch of challenging circumstances that sort of thwart and um, and slow down what our best case scenario is. And for most of us, we may not even experience our best case scenario. We just have to make some changes along the way. So this is why I believe now that for me personally, I want to uh, plan for the worst case scenario. And then in planning for the worst case scenario, I cover all of the bases. Um, Mimo's asking, are you still thinking about becoming a truck driver? Um, I don't know. Like, If there's a position open that way, um, I wouldn't mind that, I think. But, um, you know, Mimo, let me put it this way. My desire is to take on a job right now that still helps me uh, meet my economic needs while still giving me time to do what I do with you guys and creating content and uh, trying to encourage and inspire you in your own context and seeing you go from point A to point B. That's my desire memo. And so whatever enables me to have that space to be able to do that is what I'm saying a hell yes to. If the job requirements... That means that I'm not gonna be able to do what I do with you guys and I'll say no. It might be an amazing job, but I'm not like I'm very careful Mimo about what I commits myself to in life career wise. Um and I re- Oh, Mohammed, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Mohammed. Um and so that's what's really important for me is making sure that I'm spending my life in a way that meets my values. I don't want to just go into a career that locks me away from what I believe my purpose is, and that is Mohammed to encourage and inspire people in their own context because of the ones that I've gone through. So that's what I look for. And so truck driving, if there's a position that enabled me to be on the road long periods of time where I can make videos while I'm on the road or um, you know, do different things along the way that enabled me to uh, continue to make content, I'd be a hell yes. that's what I'm really looking for in, in in my job context. Thanks for the question. So the most spontaneous thing I've ever done, how it did it make me feel? I like that second part of the question because, hey, here's a spontaneous thing. It doesn't always mean that it's a good spontaneous thing. Maybe you had to make the spontaneous choice out of uh, a situation that you were not thrilled about, right? Maybe that's the case. I do not know. But regardless, whatever that looks like, that spontaneous event, how did it make you feel, gives us that opportunity now to do that awareness piece again uh, of what was going on as we were responding to it. One of the things I've noticed as I've talked to friends and people in general is when they're recounting very emotional experiences they'll usually stay away from describing the emotional part they'll just say here's what happened and here's what you know transpired sequentially but they'll rarely ever say but this is how it made me feel and so it takes a bit more work for me to get to that point with them and saying but tell me how did this make you feel what was going on in your heart in your mind how did you respond at a gut level you know give me some of the emotions because that's where the real flavor and color comes out in that story and that's why i appreciated that is included in today's question, how did it make you feel? So you went and experienced this spontaneous thing, unexpected, of course, right? And as you experienced this spontaneous and unexpected uh, scenario, how did it make you feel? So I'm, I'm going to try to reflect on that too. So a good, well-rounded question to be certain. And I have two things uh, off the top of my mind that I can reflect on. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to roll with us. So there might be a third one that comes along the way. My first one was when I, on my own, spent a lot of money at one point in time. And it was a scary thing for me. I was like, oh, this is, this is, uh, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> so I was working on the oil rigs up north in Alberta. It's, this may be about 15, 16, no, maybe two, two decades ago now, I would say. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, it was quite some time ago. And I was working up in Edmonton, so that's about three hours north of here. Uh, but my my rig work took me way up into the far north, cold and and barren. And it was, ugh. Oh, yes. Hello, Natasha. How are you? The um, question again for those coming in is, what's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done? How did it make you feel? Um, so I'm recounting my story where um, I was working on the rigs up north. And I was on a few days off back in the city of Edmonton. And, um, one of the things I thought I would, that would really help me for what I was doing at the time, cause I was doing a lot of reading and studying of like deep tomes, but I needed a really good computer and I didn't have a computer. I needed a really good computer because the kind of work that I was doing was the kind of work that, um, uh, it take, it takes up a lot of space on, on a device, it takes up a lot of space. I needed a computer that had lots of space and had fast operating system. That's what I needed. So I went into a computer store. I think it was a Best Buy or something similar back then. I went into the store and I started looking at the computers and I told them I want the best of the best. And they said, well, the best of the best by way of fastest operating system and greatest storage capacity. In our laptop selection, they took me to the gaming computers, like these are the high-end back then, high-end gaming computers. These are the ones that gamers usually use because you need that kind of really quick response as you're doing these um, complex video games that have a lot going on, right? And so uh, they were saying, these are the ones that you need because these are the ones that, you know, keep up with the games and the systems and all that kind of stuff back then. Now, for my part, I'm not, I've never really been into video games. I've never been into them just because I not very good at them. The extent of my familiarity just goes to like Mario Kart. I love Mario Kart. Um, that's a fun one. Today's question, uh, Ross, good morning, uh, is what's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done and how did it make you feel? Good morning, by the way, my friend. And so as I was, uh, yeah, I, I've never been to video games. I was going to buy this amazing laptop. It's super expensive, That I think it's like four grand. Whew, that was like, yeah. Uh that, that's a chunk and change. I remember my third one now. Yes, I remember what it is. Okay. So as I went into the computer store to buy this computer, they're like, Yeah, what kind of games do you play? And I said, I don't play. They're like, then why are you getting this really high-end computer that can handle amazing games? This is why people buy this computer is because it's a gaming computer. It's got storage and it's got space. I said because I need space for my encyclopedias that I read through and my research documents and all that kind of stuff that takes up a lot of space because these things aren't in text form. These are like so old. These manuscripts that I've been reading for my grad studies that I was interested in, these um, are so old that they don't even come in print like in they're not typed they're like um pdf images of scanned pages of like old script old english script and other languages that i have to learn how to decipher because it's so old and it's like and it takes up a lot of space and they're like so you're buying a gaming computer for research and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Hello, Kyle. Welcome aboard. How are you? And so they're like, that does not make sense. But hey, who are we? So that was one of the most spontaneous things that I remember in my earliest ref- uh, reflection. I remember... uh uh, a, a few more episodes now but I'm going to limit my um, storytelling to three key events so yes I bought this gaming computer which is like four grand that was a huge investment and as I paid for that like that's one of the most spontaneous things I'd done because I, I didn't think I'd be buying at this level but I'm like I need to do this for this purpose over here so I can continue my studies because I was such a nerd back then and uh, yeah I was scared like how did it make me feel if it made me feel really scared I was like is this a really wise choice that I should be doing right now should I should I be thinking like this much money in this endeavor just so I can facilitate my studies. That was a scary decision for me. I was like, oh, like your heart's beating. And I was scared about it because I was like, I've never done this before. This is unusual for me to like take this huge chunk of change here and invest it in one device right here, which could easily get stolen or broken. And so that made me feel really, really uncertain and scared when I bought that. I remember taking it out. Of course, there was excitement as well, too. There was excitement. But with that excitement was that sense of guilt as well in the background of my mind saying, should I have just done that, or was this was this uh a decision that I'm going to regret? Regret later. I did not know at the time. It turned out to be like a really fantastic decision, and I'm glad I made it in the aftermath. But it was definitely wrapped up in the sense of, oh, did I just do something that I'm going to regret? Right. Let me tell you my second experience. My second experience was when I bought my. okay let me tell you a bit about that backstory. while i was out on the rigs working i'm anxious and about big changes says natasha but my scary decision was totally changing careers moving away from family and my kids and moving my kids across the country that is amazing so yeah you were on the one side of the country here and then you moved over to this side over here you know i admire you for that that, natasha just because um i I remember um yeah that that's the story when you were telling me and that is a scary thing to like displace your family away from everything that you know to so be familiar and comfortable um, and even while you're here it hasn't been easy I know you well enough that you've had some significant challenges while you've been out here and I really admire what you and your family have done that way so thanks for sharing that Natasha that's awesome hello uh, Dawis how are you my friend good to see you coming on here Second experience that I, I found really um, spontaneous and how it made me feel was when I was working on the rigs, um, I was driving a Volkswagen Jetta, Volkswagen uh, Golf. Those are my, my vehicles because I loved Volkswagens at the time. But I'd always been on the lookout for a Volkswagen um, uh, car that was uh, run on diesel. Why? Because I had some fond memories in Africa when I lived there of a Volkswagen um, um, vehicle that was diesel. And I'd always loved the sound of the engine, but I could never find them here because everyone loves these vehicles, they are very high value. They, they last like many, 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 many kilometers. And, um, so, yeah, I, I found it difficult to find a diesel-powered uh, Volkswagen, like an older car. So I just had the gas-powered ones, and why I wanted a diesel one is because when you're working on the rigs, the boys up there usually drive these big honking trucks, right? They've, they've got they make lots of money to to buy these big trucks, and as they're buying the or as they're driving in these big trucks, they're able to fill their gas tanks from the um they're able to fill their gas tanks from the diesel reservoir of the rigs. so it's like free gas for them. And I always envied my, uh, these guys who were able to do this, just fill up the gas tank, whereas I had to go and buy my gas. So one day, um, actually, yeah, th- that was when I was on the rigs. But then after I finished my work on the rigs, I went back tree planting. And while I was tree planting, we were about to go on a contract um, uh, for the, for this um, Uh, Job, uh, And it was the kind of job where once you're out there, they call it isolation camp, which means you kind of are stuck there until you get the contract done. And the night that, oh no, the the weekend that we're, uh, before we were supposed to go, I discovered my Volkswagen, um, the the trunk was locked uh, in a way that the key couldn't unlock it. It was just the locking mechanism was kind of jammed or something. So all of our gear, all of my gear was inside the back of the trunk. So I told my foreman saying, hey, listen, I can't go with you guys to the camp because i got to stay and get my car fixed. He wasn't too happy about that because that meant it would be a delay, but he said, okay, you can come and follow us afterwards, but we're going to go on ahead. And the thing was, no personal vehicles were allowed there because they wanted to make sure everyone stayed there with the company trucks to get the job done. So me staying behind was significant because I got to bring my personal vehicle because I had to get it fixed. And I had to get it fixed uh, on the Monday because this is a weekend. They were leaving on Monday morning, but they couldn't wait for me because they had to get the job started. So I stayed behind on Monday morning to take it to the dealership when it opened up. So while I took my uh, my vehicle to the dealership to get it opened up the trunk that is because the mechanism was broken I I took a walk through their um, sort of junkyard where they have their parts cars and I saw this beautiful um, beautiful Volkswagen Jetta and I said that's a beautiful car. It's like one of the ones I've been looking for and wanting. So I went over to look on the inside dash and there it was it said diesel. I'm like oh What's wrong with this car? That doesn't seem to be anything wrong. So I went to inside and I asked one of the salesmen saying, that car in your junk pile there, um, what's wrong with it? He said, nothing's wrong with that one. We just got that one in. Hello, uh, Abdir. Um, he said, nothing's wrong with this vehicle. Uh, we just got this vehicle into, uh, the lot and we haven't even had a chance to, you know, check it up or, you know, um, figure out, uh, how much we're going to sell for. I said, I would like to buy it. <laughs> They're like, but we haven't even done anything. I'm like, I- I- I'd like to buy it. I'd like to, you know, put a deposit on that car. They're like, okay and so i put a deposit that was my second spontaneous thing i've ever done it was scary because i was like i don't know what i'm signing up for is this the right decision because now i'm gonna have two cars and yet i went ahead with it and it was it was fantastic it was fantastic it was the most beautiful car i've ever ever bought finally got to drive a volkswagen jetta that was diesel powered and oh i love the sound of the engine it was a pleasure to drive And there's a whole other story with that um, spontaneous moment. But that made me feel excited, but also scared again, saying, oh, this is another investment of money here that I'm not sure I'm comfortable with, but I know I want this. And so that was the second one. And there's a theme here with all my spontaneous moments. They all involve huge expenditures. My third one was uh, when I chose to buy my dream instruments. I played trumpet, as you probably know. I played trumpet uh, for years, and I'd always had just student models. So I was at the point about two, over two decades ago, when I said, I think this is a serious enough investment for me in life now that I want to buy my, I want to buy my um, my dream instruments, my professional dream instruments. And I wanted it to be unique. So not, not a normal trumpet, but I wanted to get a pocket trumpet, which is a normal trumpet but just squeezed in with more um, bends in the tubing so that it's just about, it comes about to, yeah, just right in front of you. It's like a stubby. I'll, I'll feature it for you guys. It's over in my room right now. Nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, I started looking online for the prices. The top of the line was this, I don't know, $8,000 model, handcrafted uh, a year in advance um by these really yeah these guys know their craft well and then the cheapest one was uh made by um these cheap chinese companies where uh they basically fall apart as you're blowing into it and so it's like yeah not that one so i looked everywhere between the cheapest model and the most expensive and i ended up going for the most expensive one and i was like crap <laughs> and uh, i remember the scariness of that i even got like a whole certificate showing that this is an authentic marcinko pocket trumpet and it's been so much fun i've loved it it was an investment to be certain but it was another spontaneous decision that i made in the moment i'm like i'm gonna go for that one and i've made the payment and oh oh <sighs> yeah there's that sense of dread that sense of did i just do the right thing because i don't live at this level right and so these are some of the decisions that have been spontaneous for me. And the consistency that I see in them is that they all involved huge expenditures in a way that I was uncomfortable with, but I, I went ahead with it. Secondly, it has to do with investments in me, like my computer, my vehicle, my trumpet. These are investments that I had already uh, indulged in and said, I love this and I want to continue to um, see myself growing as I use these things. These are tools for me. And as I went through them, as I experienced those, it was really interesting because as I, um, I had, as I indulged in them and used them, there was still that sense of guilt saying, was that the best use of my money? Was that the best use of my resources? Is this the right time? Like there's lots of second guessing, right? And so I, I'm aware that as I was reflecting on those experiences back then, I never gave myself permission to be kind to myself. And saying hey this is a good choice you made the right choice Um, be a hell yes in this moment and enjoy for all it's worth I think those moments had a lot stolen from them because I was still in that zone of uncertainty And that took away from some of the joy. That took away from some of the enthusiastic enjoyment of those moments. So going forward now, as I reflect on those past spontaneous experiences, in the future when I have those opportunities again, I'm going to be a lot more hell yes response, right? And giving myself permission saying, this is an amazing decision. There's nothing wrong with this decision and I'm going to enjoy it a lot more as I go forward. So those are some of the reflections that I have that helped me. I'd love to hear your uh, comments of your experiences. Thanks for those of you who have shared. I will see you guys tomorrow for episode 90. Have a great Thursday. Love you guys.